How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is Frank Madden. And today's podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Our wonderful friends at SeatGeek will give you a $20 rebate off of your first SeatGeek purchase if you use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked on Bucks. And like I said, that'll be a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. Um, at this point, man, if you haven't used SeatGeek, I'm almost offended. Um, but if you haven't, there's still great deals to be had there. Um, check out the app. It's all very easy. Um, all right, Frank, let's let's get into some good old podcasting here. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. How about you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Big big weekend for the Bucks. Yeah, big weekend for the Bucks. Uh, kind of an interesting day in the the Bucks universe as you you got to see Jabari Parker talk to the media for what will be uh, I've as I've been led to believe, you only have to talk once, according to the CBA agreement, when you suffer an injury like this. So um, I, I believe technically Jabari doesn't even need to talk for uh, like exit interviews at the end of the season. So end of the season, normally you see all of those... All those interviews, I, I don't think he technically needs to talk for that. I don't think he technically needs to be here for media day uh, at the start of the next basketball season. I know that's months and months away, but um, he doesn't need to be here for any of those things. He has no media obligations. So today was kind of the the first time since the injury and the last time that we'll get to talk to Jabari Parker for a long time. And uh, yeah, just kind of kind of an interesting day. I don't know if there was anything that, that really stood out to you um, in Jabari Parker's interview. I know I tweeted out the, the, live, the Facebook live stream that the Journal Sentinel had put out and uh, tweeted out a bunch of quotes, but I'm curious, was there anything that you thought was, was very interesting about it? Um, well, I mean... Jabari has never been somebody who takes much glee in talking to the media. So I was prepared for a really depressing slash disinterested kind of why am I here? I don't want to be here type of uh, session. And I'd say definitely the first part that I saw. And granted, I'm just watching the video. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. obviously wasn't there like you were. But um, it just kind of struck me that I don't know. It was it was just like weird. It was kind of like depressing and sad and, um, I, you know, it's interesting. I kind of go back and forth with Jabari. Like on the one hand, he just seemed like totally glum, but I don't know if that was really so much the injury, so much as having to sit there and talk to people about it. Um, and you know, he's a guy who's been through this before, and you know, he talked a bit about um, actually in response to, to a question you asked him about, you know, his faith and that that's obviously well known that that he's a very spiritual person that you know his belief in god sort of clearly has a big role in in his life and it seemed like it was important 
in helping him kind of fight through the first of these injuries. Um, so I think he's kind of like uniquely suited to kind of get through this in a lot of ways and, and maybe some of the weirdness about his personality. And, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I just like got the sense today that he like almost was like ready to like, it almost felt like he thought or he's been feeling like people are counting him out. Um, and, and I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I didn't know. I was kind of definitely torn watching it. It was not enjoyable to watch. It was not, I would say, uplifting as a Bucks fan. But again, um, you know, you kind of put your your fandom aside on some level because this is, you know, somebody's livelihood, somebody's, you know, dream of playing in the NBA that we're talking about. And, and obviously, it's it's kind of in doubt at this point. Yeah, and I, I'd say this in the same way. I, I think the vibe for any of us conducting the interview that wasn't fun for any of us. Like asking those questions we we knew that this is a young man that's going through a catastrophic injury for the second time in his career we we knew that there wasn't probably going to be a lot of happiness a lot of great answers uh, a very uh open and thoughtful interview this is a depressing time for jabari parker so um in the same way that listening to it for you and watching it wasn't a lot of fun i don't think anyone conducting the interview was having a lot of fun but um like you said it's kind of something that had to happen and you kind of wanted to see where his head was at and i do think he's uniquely suited to to this kind of challenge just because like you said his faith is such a a big part of his life and such a big part of his personality that i i know I had mentioned it when the injury first happened and talking to Luke Walton and Luke Walton talked about how when he had chronic injuries, it it was easy to fall into a dark place for him, that it was easy when the team wasn't around, when he was forced to do the same rehab over and over again, that he he found himself just going into places where he didn't want to be mentally, emotionally, whatever it may be. that was just kind of how it went for him and obviously he he didn't enjoy that and he he thought that was obviously a concern for anyone that's dealing with an injury for a second time or a chronic injury or anything like that and um with Jabari Parker I don't I don't necessarily know that I have that same concern and I I I guess in general I do have the concern for any player but for Jabari like I said it his faith is just such a big part of him that um, he does seem very strong mentally and emotionally that that he can get through that and uh, not maybe maybe deal with that. And like you said, it, it was interesting to hear him kind of look at it as a challenge and be somewhat energetic. I think the, the most lively parts of the interview, the most um, enthusiastic answers were about questions where he kind of framed it as a challenge as something that he wanted to try to attack and something that he could win another game that he could try to conquer and win and try to go out there and do that so it again not fun not not great to listen to but man there's there's a couple quotes in there that really make you think that if if someone can handle going through this two times well that that's someone might might just be Jabari Parker and uh, I thought my favorite one was 
he I think Charles asked do you think you can get through this a second time and Jabari very affirmative just said yes and Charles said well why and he said because I'm built like that it's in my genes it's in my blood I've been struggling all my life so it ain't nothing new and that to me that that moment stood out in the in the press conference when he said that because I, I do truly believe that's the way he feels that this is this is something that he's built for and something that he can get through. I thought it was interesting seeing the actual footage versus some of the quotes. Um, some of them came across a lot more passive aggressive and annoyed um, in in the in the footage versus on paper, uh, and I I can't really blame Jabari in many ways because. You know, you're standing there and I mean, some of the questions is kind of you were sort of hinting to were kind of like, <laughs> I mean, people are hinting that the fact that your career, which, you know, was once, uh, you know, considered to be su- have such high potential is like now threatened. Right. And it, it's such a bizarre kind of conversation to have, you know, to be on yeah. television, answering people's questions about how your livelihood is, you know, in doubt and, oh, well, you know, can you, can you, it's like, well, what what do you, you know, what do you want him to say? Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was strange, but as, as they say, as Jabari pointed out, attitude is longitude, Eric, (laughs) (laughs) as usual, Jabari sneaking in one, I don't even know what the word is for, for Jabari isms where he just sort of like randomly strings together words. Um, and I don't know if, that made sense to him um but uh hey whatever you just kind of feel for the guy he's he's obviously in a in a bad spot and um uh at the end of the journal sentinel footage he was like going off into the into the uh locker room i guess and nobody even opened the damn door for the guy <laughs> i was like watching yeah it. he's like trying to push the door open while he's got his crutches and nobody's even helping him get through the door it's like come on man somebody's <laughs> got to be can somebody help jabari parker <laughs> Get through a door while he's on crutches. Oh, jeez. You were there, Eric. I, I, you must have been walked off. But anyway, somebody, somebody needs to claim responsibility. But anyway, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we thought we were gonna gain any great insight. You know, he said, he said. I thought the interesting thing was he said like it was too early. To, I think Sophia Minner might have asked if, if he had any comparison to like how, you know how it's comparing mm-hmm. the last time, and he was basically like, well, I don't know. I haven't even walked yet. So, um, womp womp. Not not a fun day. I was gonna say that was interesting, and then when I asked if he thought it was serious the moment it happened, and he said that he didn't, and he didn't because he's actually able to walk off, and the time before he wasn't. So I, I thought to me that was interesting, just because uh, I know that night in the locker room he mentioned to John Henson like, "Hey, I just hyperextended it. Like this could be okay." And I think anyone watching it was was thinking in their head like, "No, that." that looks really bad and yeah. there's no way this can be good, but denial. Yeah. D- to Jabari in his head, he was thinking, no, like I- I'm fine. And again, that is just kind of a-, a rationalization that you'd use like, Oh, I walked off this time. I didn't walk off last time. I'm great. Like in, in that moment, that's probably something that you'd try to tell yourself. But um, I just thought it was interesting that he did actually kind of confirm that, either again that he he was trying to deny it or in his mind he was actually trying to will himself uh, to to not being injured so um yeah just some interesting stuff but i think uh that's about all i found interesting there um and this is too depressing let's talk about something else there let, let's talk about actual bucks basketball and yes Please. Actual Bucks basketball will be happening at the BMO Harris Bradley Center this weekend Friday and Saturday and Frank, 
could you could you guess the best way to get tickets for this weekend's games? Uh, if only there was a app and website called SeatGeek, which allowed you to find the best tickets to concerts and sporting events. And I don't know, provided like cool features like little color coded uh, pricing and things like Whoa. that to let you find the best deal. I don't know. Is there something like that, Eric? That would Can be you help really me out? cool. Yeah, uh, apparently. I'm just hearing some rumors about it. Apparently, there is a website called SeatGeek that does that, um, and it does. It searches all of the ticket websites for you. It finds the best deals. It puts them on a cool app. It, it lets you know exactly where all of those deals can be found. And, yeah, we're we're kind of getting down to the end of the line here with Bucks home games. I think seven left on the season. Um, so as far as seeing this team play yet this season, there's only seven seven chances left for bucks fans so um well technically what nine because two for a playoff series at least so nine or ten or maybe eleven <laughs> oh no I'm, I'm just playing i'm just playing um but yeah so getting to the end of the season seat geek's the best way to find it out and like we always say if you if you really want to go to a game and you see geek you can get a $20 rebate off your first purchase, and it's it's pretty simple. All you have to do is download the app, go to the settings tab, enter a promo code, enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked On Bucks, and you get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek will send you that money, and like we've said sometimes, sometimes you can find real cheap deals, and that means SeatGeek will literally be paying for you to go to the game. So that's that's kind of a cool thing. And I've, I have heard from people that it does work out that way, that they've bought a $5 seat or something like that, and they've gotten a $20 rebate. So they, they will literally pay you to go to the game. Uh, and again, in Milwaukee, cheap seats, that's that's not the, the norm for the rest of the NBA. So go out and check out the Bucks and do it by checking out SeatGeek. So... Frank, we'll preview this week weekend's games here in a second. But first, we need to I don't even I can't even believe we're going to talk about this, but there was a silly a silly 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 article column, I don't know what you want to call it, written by a man. He suggested that because Milwaukee is in a 90-mile proximity of Chicago that the the Knicks guard who used to be an MVP candidate in Chicago um, may be interested in joining the Milwaukee Bucks next season. Um, I, I I hope you know what I hope people don't know what I'm talking about. But if you do know what I'm talking about, that's as much credence, respect, anything as I'm going to give to it. I'm not going to name the person that wrote it. I'm not going to name the player that he suggested, and. Uh, God, Frank, that just awful, awful. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, the uh, the man known as Berman of the Post uh, of the New York Post, uh, quote unquote, reported this. Uh, basically, I mean, this is like a classic thing, right? Impending free agent is in some is in City X. City X has either a team that's like playing better or has some need for a player like him, or you know, in this case close to where he's from. And so somebody's just like, hey, you're a free agent. Would you ever consider playing here? And then the guy has to like basically, you know, <laughs> say something which basically I've never heard a guy say, no, definitely would never play here. 
Um, and especially when you're Derek Rose, um, who, let's be honest, the market for his services is unclear at this point. Um, and and I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly have no interest in, in Derek Rose being a Milwaukee Buck. Um, I don't know if many smart Knicks fans have much interest in Derrick Rose being a New York Knick again next year. Um, he seems like a guy who's destined for like Sacramento or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was kind of funny reading this article and, you know, it was basically like, uh, yeah, you know, okay, I, I'm from Chicago and yeah, I like Jason Kidd as a, you know, growing up. So awesome. So there you go. Bucks are Bucks and, and, and Derek Rose <laughs> clearly a, a match made in heaven. Um, so uh, I can confirm yeah. that the Milwaukee Bucks are indeed an NBA franchise. And I can also confirm that they do. They might. I, I, you know what? I can't even confirm that. I don't know if they will have cap space. They might have cap space. They might be looking for a point guard. And that's uh, as far as facts go in that article. I think those are the three I can confirm. There's some pretty, there's some pretty amazing assertions in this one. Probably my favorite one is that, uh, there's this one line that says there's even a theory that kid prefers not to make the playoffs. So the bucks can enter a lottery chock full of point guards. Oh yeah. Whose theory is, is that? <laughs> I would like to hear a bucks fan or someone covering the bucks that would be willing to espouse that theory. Cause I can't imagine there's one. Yeah. I mean that, that'd be pretty ballsy if Jason Kidd at this point is, is happy to, 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 you know, not win games uh, so that he can get a point guard for a team that he may not coach much longer if he doesn't make the playoffs. And you know what's the best way to lose games, Frank? Playing Giannis Adetokounmpo 41 minutes. <laughs> you know, if if we can lose this game to the Knicks, I think the best way to go about it is playing Giannis as much as humanly possible. I, I think yeah. that I think that's what we're, just garbage, total garbage. <laughs> uh, uh, when you. <laughs> when you tweeted it out this morning, that was the first I had seen of it. And yeah, it's, it's just awful. It's drivel. It's loosely connected facts and a whole mess of assertions that don't make any sense, a ton of speculation and yeah, just awfulness. So Bucks fans, no, Derek Rose, the Bucks don't have any interest in Derek Rose. Derrick Rose will not be on the Milwaukee Bucks next year. I thought the part was interesting where where they said that Rose, who has had bouts of homesickness this season and still owns his place in Chicago at Trump Tower, figures to give the Bucks a look-see. But the team has some cap issues. They need Greg Monroe to opt out to open up $18 million more in cap space. First off, complete, complete misunderstanding of how cap space works because if you're way over the cap, having a guy opt out does not mean that you just automatically get that cap space. Right now, the Bucks would not have 18 million cap space if if Greg Monroe opts out, even though his contract is for 18 million. So, basically, if you read this article, you actively became dumber and more poorly informed about everything about the Milwaukee Bucks and blah blah blah. So anyway, um, forget Derrick Rose. Basically, screw him. Uh, he can stay in New York for all I care, and uh, uh, I I will roll with Matthew Delvadova. God damn it, I will roll with Malcolm Brogdon and Matthew Delvadova. <laughs> Rather than try to give, rather than try to give Derrick Rose a, a you know Brinks truck full of cash, uh, and and then watch him kind of pout and you know go MIA for games or whatever the heck and not tell anybody where he is or you know just shoot lots of mid range jump shots. So, and those anyway. are like the the tame issues with Derrick Rose. You didn't even get into all oh, of the God. terrible 
character questions oh. with Derrick Rose. So yeah, no, uh, he does not need to be anywhere near Milwaukee, yeah. and he will not be anywhere near. Milwaukee. He can stay. He can stay ninety miles from Milwaukee in the Trump Tower. Just that's that's fine. Just stay there. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Okay, Bucks Bucks weekend. Uh, kind of. I mean, these are these are not gimme games. Uh, I will say that Indiana Pacers on Friday. Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday. The Pacers are healthy. Um, they apparently are now starting CJ Miles, which always scares the hell out of me because CJ Miles always kills the Bucks. It seems he's a Bucks fan. Um, and Thad Young is back. Thad Young, yeah, Thad Young is back as well. He wasn't available last time the Bucks played uh, the Pacers and beat them in Indiana. And then you've got the Timberwolves on Saturday, who have been playing much better. Carl Towns has been an absolute beast um, of well, really over the last couple months. Uh, so yeah, I mean. I'd say winning, but I mean, I, I picked a split of these games or I guess more accurate. I picked the two and one record, including the next game when we kind of looked at the rec at the regular schedule, regular season schedule uh, the other night before the next game. Um, so I guess that means I, I still expect the Bucks to lose one of these two. Um, but hey, if they can win both these games going out onto that six game road trip, um, that would obviously be be a huge boost, um, especially given the uncertainty that comes from a Western road trip. Yeah, this is a, this is a strange one because the Bucks have obviously p- played the Pacers well this season, which uh, I don't necessarily know that you would expect. Uh, 125-107 in a, in a November 3rd victory over the Pacers. And if you remember that game, that was when the Pacers were in total shambles. They, they had no idea what was going on with their team. They were struggling with Nate McMillan and how things worked with him and what they were doing on offense and defense. And they were a mess. And then the Bucks beat him again in Indiana on Saturday, February 11th, 116-100. Uh, so about a month almost to the day that, that they played him. And it's just strange to to see it, a Bucks team, one, score that many uh, against a team twice in a season. And have that team be a playoff team. The Pacers are 33 and 31 on the season. Pretty, I don't want to say firmly in the sixth spot, but there's definitely some space between them and the seven through nine brigade of the Pistons, Bulls, Heat, and Bucks. Um, so I don't know. It's, I don't know. Is there, is there something to that matchup, Frank? Because I don't really think there is. I, it's not something that I can really think of or point to, but they do seem to play very well against the Pacers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's all Pacers have also been a weird team. I mean, they had, a, I think it was like a six, seven-game winning streak. I think it was a seven-game win streak followed by a six-game losing streak, which included that win by the Bucks in Indiana. So they've been kind of <clears throat> all over the place. And then over the last, I think the last six games, they've basically alternated wins and losses. But um, that included a long road trip that included... Uh, a win in Houston followed by a loss in San Antonio. So they were, they were out on the road a bit themselves. So uh, tough to kind of figure out what to make of this Pacer team. And I guess that's really a theme for basically all these teams that are, are battling one another for, uh, you know, I mean, you can even call it the, the five through eight spots. If you include the Hawks, I mean, the, yeah. the remarkable thing about the East right now is that the five through eight teams all have negative point differentials, the Hawks, Pacers, Pistons, and Bulls, the teams in the ninth through eleventh spots, the Heat, Bucks, and Hornets, all have positive point <laughs> differentials. So purely, purely by uh, expected sort of Pythagorean record, you know, again, that's you know over the long term, um, you know, sort of history suggests that that point differential is the best 
indicator of of how good a team is and and so you you normally expect sort of teams that get lucky and and you know win a bunch of games with negative point differentials like like the hawks they're six games over 500 but with a negative point differential you know typically you expect that kind of stuff to kind of catch up with teams over time but um but yeah it hasn't yet and uh the hawks are, are you know two games up on the pacers uh, but the pacers only two and a half games up on the bucks and heat so um definitely a, a very interesting game and uh, a pretty crucial game in the grand scheme of of these Eastern playoff standings, especially with the Pistons uh, on Thursday night taking down the Cavs, which obviously was a game that um, you know if you're a Bucks fan, keeping an eye on those seven seeded Pistons, you would have said, "Hmm, that would have been nice if the Pistons <laughs> had lost that game." But uh, instead, um, they're uh, you know again, the Bucks are are still in that that big bunch, uh, especially with the Heat, um, you know, sort of battling for the for the eight spot there and, and certainly the seven spot is is right there for the taking as well all right so pacers game i guess the the thing i always kind of watch in that game is paul george and Giannis. that's to me that's a, that's an exciting uh kind of thing but i guess it'll be interesting with the those matchups now the bucks so often are essentially forcing teams to to make Giannis the four um, where they're going to go with a lineup of Brogdon, Snell, Middleton, and then Giannis. And with Middleton having real size at the three, you almost have to, to cover Giannis with a four. Um, so, again, I, I wonder, is that more Thaddeus Young? Or is it Paul George anyways? And then Thaddeus Young on, I don't know, Middleton? Like, there's there's definite matchup uh problems for teams and i i think the bucks might have kind of uncovered something here with uh with snell and middleton i I don't think i necessarily thought they were going to play together all the time coming back but uh since middleton's came back they've done that quite a bit so um it'll be interesting to see if paul george has shifted off of off of Giannis. yeah and i think that the obvious reason why we didn't necessarily think snell and middleton would play together that much is because we didn't know Jabari Parker was going to be gone, uh, obviously. So, uh, you know, if Jabari and Giannis are are both the starting forwards, then, you know, again, like last year, Middleton slides in at the two. Yep. And then Snell's your backup, too, which, you know, would be a pretty nice world to live in if the Bucks could ever get all three of those guys healthy at once. But but obviously, that's just sort of not where we are, and, and that's not where we're going to be for quite some time, given Jabari's injuries. So, um, so yeah, it's been a different kind of dimension. It's allowed the Bucks to, to go smaller. Um, maybe more more perimeter oriented, uh, and you know, in the twelve games since the Jabari injury, they're eight and four, um, eight and three over their last eleven. Uh, and if you look at the kind of numbers, I was, I was kind of looking at those numbers, trying to figure out, you know, is there anything interesting happening here? Is there some big trend happening here? And I, you know, again, I, I don't know if it's the kind of thing that you'd look at and say that there's some big, you know, sea change in sort of the way the Bucks have played. They've they've been fifth in the NBA in offense in that span, mm-hmm. which. Um, probably isn't shocking that over a small sample, especially given that they've had, um, I forget the home road split in that game, but, you know, or in that stretch, but, you know, I, I would say it's, it's been obviously more home heavy and, and probably a, a pretty easy schedule. So, you know, they, they really should probably have a winning record over that period, but certainly being fifth in offense in that period, um, encouraging to see, um, I think again, speaks to Giannis and, and now Chris being able to pick up the load, uh, especially with Jabari out, um, but the interesting thing is defensively, you know, they haven't been great in that span. They've been 18th uh, in the NBA in that span. I think the interesting thing, though, is that the three-point defense, um, they've given up far fewer threes in that span. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they've given up two fewer uh, 
corner threes per game in that span. They're still one of the 10 worst in the league in terms of corner threes allowed. Um, but they're actually top five in above the break threes in terms of opponent attempts. So that's, you know, an encouraging thing. Um, teams have actually, actually shot exceptionally well from mid range, which is kind of a good sign maybe because, you know, teams are shooting 45% uh, in the last 12 games from mid range against the box, which isn't sustainable. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, if you can win some games, um, while opponents are, are you know, shooting kind of better than, than really they could reasonably expect to over the long term, um, you know, you'd say that's, that's probably a positive thing. Um, so, so I don't know, we'll see, we'll see kind of how things, uh, continue to evolve. I, I really don't know if you can say that the Bucks are, you know, particularly doing anything different defensively. It just seems like guys are suddenly like more engaged and actually, you know, it, it just seems like there's, you know, and I hate to be like, Oh, more energy. Oh, everything is just about <laughs> energy. You know, I mean, it's not just about energy, but I, I, I do think that, you know, even if you don't have a, a scheme that maybe makes as much sense for the NBA in 2017, um, if you have a bunch of athletic guys running around trying hard, um, you're not going to be terrible, right? And um, when you had maybe an, a, a, a problematic scheme and a bunch of guys who had lost faith in it, then you're really in trouble. And that's when we saw the Bucks really struggling and, and getting blown up. But, you know, even with the Bucks defending the three-point line better, it seems like that might be coming also at, at the trade-off of, of maybe giving up points in other ways um, because, again, they've been basically you know a little worse than average over that span. And, you know, have they played great teams? Not exactly. So I think it'll be interesting to see sort of moving forward here, especially with this road trip coming up, you know, when they play teams like the Warriors, who, let's be honest, probably a good time to be playing the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, will, will any of those numbers kind of start to, to regress back to um, – well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say the mean because I don't. I don't know what the Bucks really are. Um, but will will those some of those numbers kind of start to get worse again? So we'll be interesting to watch. I think maybe the the most interesting sort of extreme trend we've seen um, is the fact that the Bucks have been, I think, second in the league in both turnovers forced as well as uh, protecting the ball themselves. So you know, again, uh, we've seen this time and again in in the last couple of weeks, but uh, they have taken care of the ball extremely well. And they have forced a lot of turnovers. And, you know, again, if you're going to play that the kind of defense they do, uh, you, you have to force turnovers. So it's been kind of like boom or bust um, in terms of forcing turnovers, but allowing, I think they're like 28th or something like that in uh, opponent field goal percentage. Um, so, yeah, so far it's working. They're winning some games. Whether that's a recipe for long-term success, mm, I will not comment. Um, <laughs> but... It is at least some some interesting trends there, and and obviously I think especially for this team offensively, um, you know, given the type of players they have, uh, seeing them kind of be a bit more careful with the ball, you know, maybe that's because they are do seem to be kind of playing a little bit more of a kind of a drive and kick type game. I don't know, um, but uh, but certainly there there's some good numbers that that we've seen over the past couple of weeks, and um, now the question is, you know, how real is it? Yeah, I would say, I don't know if anything has changed scheme wise. I would say they're executing it better. I would say they're talking quite a bit more. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if I've talked to a player in the last week and not heard something about how much more they're talking, how much better they're executing on defense in either of those two things. I, I feel like have just been 
I mean, to an extent, the the bane of my existence because I ask a question and that's all I get back is that, oh, yeah, we're talking way more, the defense better. And I'm sure that can be a crutch for some, but I do think there's there's obviously some truth in that, that they are talking better and they are uh, communicating and maybe executing a little bit better defensively. And I, I don't know, some of it too, I, I just think back to that Utah game uh, that they lost and the first time they played the Jazz, the Jazz just hunted out threes mercilessly just any way that they could get a corner three they were gonna get one and that next game against the jazz they were just hunting out dunks it was points in the paint just killing the bucks and i mean over such a small sample size when we're talking about threes allowed and three shot well if a team that i don't even know how many corner threes they got the first time they played was it like 15 16 something like that um if that team only shoots two or three the next time they play them well then that those numbers could be a little artificially deflated so um I, I think it is an interesting question though are they actually doing anything better have they actually made any changes um that'll be something to monitor as we go forward um we'll have to keep an eye on that but yeah it, the Bucks playing somewhat better is is a is a welcome sight to me. I, I know not maybe not to all Bucks fans, uh, especially Bucks fans looking for their lottery position to improve. But uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Uh, Pacers, Timberwolves, Timberwolves have been hot-ish as well. Um, I think they're six and four in their last 10 yeah six and four in their last 10 uh point differential is dead even on the season and somehow they're still 26 and 37 speaks to kind of their difficulty in closing out games and winning close ones and uh they've been better as of as of late like you said carl anthony towns has been great uh wiggins has been good as well so we'll have to see uh if the bucks can handle handle them anything else that uh that you wanted to touch on tonight no let's play some basketball or Let's watch real basketball players play some basketball, and uh, hopefully we won't have a really depressing conversation on uh, Sunday. How about that, Eric? Uh, yes, that is always kind of my goal, is not to have a depressing conversation. Um, unfortunately, we've had to have a lot of depressing conversations this season, so Bucks, don't screw this up. We want to be happy on Sunday. Make it happen. Uh, that'll be it for us for today. We'll talk again on Sunday, and that means you'll get to hear us again on Monday. For Frank Madden, this has been Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you after the weekend.